0: Praise the Lord. Well, as you are seated, CIA can go to your class. now you're going to have a blessed time. Praise God. How many of you have been here at least once in the last couple of weeks? We've been talking about angels. Glory to God. It's been a good series for sure. I have enjoyed so much studying on it. And, of course, we can't go back and, and review what we've covered the last two weeks. But like Pastor said about Wednesday nights, I encourage you to go to our website and download uh, the messages or go and pick up the CD because it's good, good foundation on what we've been talking about. You know, there's a popular movie out right now. It's called um, Guardians of the Galaxy, and it's about a ragtag group of misfits that their mission is To save the galaxy from, of course, the evil villain. There's always an evil villain in these sci-fi movies. But as I was hearing about that movie, I was so thankful that we do not have a group of misfits, a ragtag group that saves us from evil in our galaxy or in our world. We've got the angels of the Lord that are encamped round about us to protect us, to keep us in all of our ways. Last week we spent the entire time talking about that the angels of the Lord are there to bring protection and deliverance in, in situations in our life. And we're thankful for that. Amen. Now tonight we're going to talk about, we're going to cover a lot of stories In the Bible, do you love the Bible? Do you love the Word of God? Amen. It brings encouragement to us. If we see that it happened in Bible days, we can say, Me too. God, do it again. God, do it in my life. And He will, for sure. So tonight, we are going to talk about God's delivery angels. Agents. Angels, God's messengers would be a better title. Angels, God's messengers. And that's exactly what they are. are they, they are God's delivering agents. Now they don't create miracles. They don't, bring, they don't create healings. But they deliver them from the throne room of God. A good way to illustrate this is through a pizza illustration. Now don't get hungry. But how many of you have ever ordered a pizza from a delivery service? And so this person shows up at your front door. And when they show up, they aren't carrying this pizza. And they don't say, I just cooked this out in my car and here it is. No, we realize that the pizza was cooked, hopefully in a nice clean restaurant by someone that knew what they were doing. And the delivery guy was just handed the pizza and said, Take this to such and such address. They ordered this. Well, that's what angels do in the realm of the spirit. They bring us messages from the throne room of grace. They pick up new body parts, as it were, from this warehouse in heaven. You know, God created our bodies. He created every organ, every tissue, every fiber of our being. If something's broke, he's got spare parts. What was his name? Ford. He didn't come up with the original idea to take spare parts and put on cars that had lost a part. No, I believe God came up with that idea. He's got a warehouse in heaven. Whatever we need. Angels can go to that warehouse and bring us that body part. Deliver that healing, that miracle, whatever we are believing God for. Amen. Amen. Well, I really uh, the last couple of weeks, and have I been, how, as I've been studying on this, I believe that the reason been prompted to study it is because we are entering into a time where we are going to see more angelic activity, more supernatural, divine intervention. We are in this world, and there is darkness in the world. God, Satan is the god of this world, but we are the Children of light. And the kingdom of God is greater than the kingdom of darkness. But what is beginning to happen now are the two kingdoms are clashing like never before. And we know that there are evil forces out there that are trying to wreck havoc, that are, are trying to bring destruction into people's lives. But I get so encouraged when I think about this. More are they that are with us Than they that are with them. There are a lot more angels that are released into our atmosphere than there are demons. There was only a third of the angels that fell. And if God needed to, he could have created many, many more angels since then. There's a lot more that are with us than they that are against us. And so those that are with us, they are here to assist us, to do whatever is needed, to make sure that our lives are protected, to make sure that God's will and plan is established. If any of you ever experienced angelic protection, I've been hearing testimonies. I know that God's angels are watching over us, and I am thankful for that, and I know you are too. Now tonight... We want to look at some accounts where angels, let me just get, give you some points we're going to look at. Where angels gave direction. Where angels brought instruction. Where angels gave guidance. Where angels set up divine appointments and connections. Could you use that? Hallelujah. Where angels ministered encouragement. And where angels were involved in delivering healing and miracles. We'll begin tonight by looking at uh, an account uh, about a man named Gideon. Anybody ever heard of Gideon? Gideon received instruction and guidance. At a time when Israel was oppressed by the Midianites, God heard their cry and he sent an angelic being to Gideon, so that he could be empowered to deliver God's people. We'll begin. We'll pick up this story in Judges chapter six. If you want to turn over there, and tonight we'll be looking at all of our passages out of the New King James. But we'll begin reading in verse eleven, Judge six eleven. Now the angel of the Lord came and stood under the terebinth tree which was in Orpha, not, or, not Oprah, but Orpha, which belonged to Joas the Abizite, which is the, while his son Gideon thrashed wheat in the winepress in order to hide from the Midianites. That's an interesting point. He's hiding from the Midianites. And then verse 12, and while this is all going on, The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. I love that. God is such a faith God. Gideon was hiding from the Midianites. He was in the natural not showing any signs of being a mighty man of valor. The word valor says this, it means this, marked by courage or bravery. There was no any, not any indication that Gideon had any courage or any bravery evident in his life at that moment. He's hiding. He's not wanting to face the Midianites. He's not wanting them to see what he is up to. But let's continue this story. Let's jump down to verse 15. Well, actually, let's read verse 14. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So this is what Gideon's response was. So he said to him, Oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. Again, this does not sound very brave, courageous, or Valerie. I don't think Valerie is a word, but there is, you know, valorous or something. <laughs> Either way, he wasn't it. He was showing no signs of being valorous. Is that what he said? Valorous, not valor. Valorous wouldn't be good. He wasn't been the girl. He valorous. <laughs> Let me help y'all. Y'all help me. Let's <laughs> learn a new word here. Anyhow, he had no indication in his life that he was being a mighty man of valor. How about that? We can say that. Now, let's continue reading in <laughs> verse 16. And. The Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defend the Midianite as one man well if we continue to read the account after you know Gideon put out a fleece he still wasn't showing himself to be very courageous or very brave he was going back and forth with God but in the end result was that he rose up and he did become a mighty man of valor and with 300 only 300 men he took out the Midianite Army. What the angel said to him came to pass. The angel's first words were hit to him were, Gideon, you mighty man of valor. I love that God speaks words of faith. He speaks words of faith over you and over me. You might see yourself one way. You may see yourself insufficient. You might think that you are weak. You might think like Gideon. Well, my family is, is really small and I'm the weakest one of them all. But God chose him. There was something in him that he knew he would believe him. And God has chosen you. And God has chosen me. We have come into the kingdom for such a time as this. And whether you ever have an angel stand right in front of you and say, Indiana, woman of mighty valor. Just know that God is saying that about you. Because he has said it in his word. He has said greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He has said we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. He has promised us. It's not by our own might. It's not by our own ability. But it's by his spirit coming upon us. His spirit coming upon us will empower us. His spirit coming upon us will change us into another person. That's what happened with Gideon. He got this supernatural message and it sparked something on the inside of him. Well, if God sent his messenger, if God's angel said I am, if God's angel said I can, then I can. You and I have got the word of the living God that says who we are and what we can do. Turn to your neighbor and say, You mighty person of valor. You don't have a neighbor speak to him by faith. (coughs) You mighty person of valor. You're going to do exactly what God has called you to do. Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord. Now, let's go and let's look at another guy who received encouragement. So we see that Gideon got a message, Gideon got direction, he got guidance, he got all of those. Now let's look at Elisha. You ever heard of him? Elisha. Elisha received encouragement. Now this man of God had quite a history in miracles, signs, and wonders. For three years of his ministry, this is just a few things that happened in three years of his ministry, he would called down a drought right in the face of the king Ahab. It's not going to rain for three, uh, three years, and it didn't. Then when the drought came, he was supernaturally fed by ravens. Then he was supernaturally fed by a widow woman. Then he was supernaturally prophesied to this Shunammite woman that took him in and was meeting his needs, taking care of him, gave him a place to stay, that she was, gonna, she was going to have a child. She'd been barren. This woman did conceive, had a child. The child died. In that same period of time, Elisha raised that child from the dead. All in a day's work. Then... After all of that happened, in this same time period of three years, there was this showdown with the prophets of Baal. And guess what? Elisha won. God was on his side and God won. So after that encounter, and God showed up and showed himself strong... Elisha called down fire and the, the fire licked up all of the altar and the wall water and the prophets of Baal were astounded. The king was like, oh, that's the true and the living God. So Elisha said, I got a great idea, king. Let's kill all the prophets of Baal. That happened. After that happened, he went up on the mountain and he began to pray because God said the drought is over. He prayed supernaturally. Rain showed up after three years. So I'd say he was on a pretty good roll, wouldn't you? But even after all these miraculous things happened in his life, he still was tempted to face discouragement. Anybody ever been tempted to be discouraged? Maybe you've had a tremendous breakthrough, answered a prayer, something awesome has happened, and then poof, here comes a counterattack and Knocks you back down. That's kind of what happened to Elisha. He got discouraged because he heard that this crazy woman, Jezebel, was out to kill him. So one minute he's calling down fire from heaven. He's calling down rain after three years of drought. And the next minute he's running from a crazy woman. 1 Kings chapter 19. Let's look at this. Every one of us get tempted to do what Elisha did. First Kings chapter 19 here in verse 4. But he himself, he went a day's journey into the wilderness, and he came and he sat down under the broom tree, and he prayed that he might die. He said, it's enough, Lord. I can't take any more. This woman's out to get me. Jezebel always gets what she wants. It's going to be off with my head. Take my life. Just let me die. He had a me party. You know what a me party is? It's a pity party. Poor old me. Oh, it can't get any worse. She's going to kill me. I might as well, God, just let me die. But you know what? He probably really didn't mean that because if he really wanted to die, he should have stayed where he was and Jezebel would have obliged him. He was just weary. He was tired. He'd probably been going, going, going. One of the things pastor said this morning that we're having, you know, we need to get caught up in our prayer in this church because sometimes activities in the church are way up here and the prayer is way down here and that's not a good thing and that's probably what happened in Elisha's life activities way up here busy, busy, busy carrying out the things of God but he had not been doing it in the strength of the Lord he hadn't been spending that time with the Lord and he got weary and he got tired all of us can fall victim to that but God knew he needed supernatural strength and encouragement. He has provided it for us. We can get supernatural strength and encouragement by praying in the Holy Spirit, by reading the Word of God. And one of the things that Pastor was sharing t- today, we need, to, we need to have faith buddies. We need to have people that can lock their shields with us and get encouraged. We don't see that Elisha was being Surrounding himself with people that were encouraging him. And that's an important thing as well. Surround yourself with people that will add and multiply into your life. Not subtract and not divide. If you weren't here this morning, get that message. We need godly influence in our life. Well, he didn't have that. And so he wasn't in a good place. So he's here out here having this self-pity party. Now verse 5. Then, as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly, what are we talking about tonight? Angels, Angels, God's messengers. Suddenly, an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. I think that's really a good point. Arise and eat. If we're in a place of despair and weariness and not running on full strength, the Spirit of God will say that to you. Arise out of that self-pity. Arise out of that depression and eat. What are we supposed to eat? Eat the Word of God because it will bring nourishment and strength to our spirit. Amen? So then Elijah looked, verse 6, He looked and there by his head was a cake baked on coals. And a jar of water. So he ate and drank. And he lay down again. And the angel came back the second time. And touched him and said. Arise and eat. Because the journey is too great for you. Find it very interesting. He's saying God let me die. And this angel says arise and eat. The journey is too great for you. What's he saying? you got some more places to go. you got some more things to do. God's not finished with you yet, Elisha. You've been trying to do it in your own power and in your own strength. That's why you've gotten weary. But the angel of the Lord is sent to tell him, Arise and eat. The journey's too great for you. None of us can do what God has called us to do in our own power and in our own ability. In this day and in this age, we have to learn how to draw on the supernatural. We have to learn how to be infused with power from on high. To keep our spirit, man, built up on a regular basis, praying in the Holy Spirit, feasting on the Word of God will keep us strong. We, like Elisha, have some places to go. The journey is too great. For you. You can't get there in your own ability, in your own ingenuity, in your own wisdom, in your own reasoning. The journey's too great. But it's not too great when we hook up with Him. And we do it God's way. And we follow His instruction, His direction, His guidance. That angel was there to bring encouragement. To him. Now, verse 8. So he arose. He arose. We can get happy just on that. If you've been knocked down in life, don't stay down. Arise. Arise and shine. For your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. That's Isaiah chapter 60 verse 1. And in the Amplified it says, arise from that place of prostration where life has knocked you down. Depression will knock you flat on your back But just like this angel told Elisha, Arise! Are y'all getting it tonight? The Spirit of God is saying, Arise! Arise. And eat! The journey's too great for you, but I've got some places to take you. Woo! You're going to get there with the help of God. So Elisha, I mean, he must have been exhausted. Can you imagine this angel already woke him up once? and said, Arise and eat. So he ate a little bit, and he was so tired, he laid back down, fell asleep. The angel again says, Get up! Eat again. So verse 8. So he rose, and he ate, and he drank, and he went in the strength of that food 40 minutes. (laughs) No. He went... In the strength of that food, 40 days and 40 nights as far as Horeb the mountain of God. 40 days he went in the strength of that food. I want that recipe. It must have been the original angel food cake. There was something powerful in that cake. It strengthened him. It brought him encouragement. It caused him to rise up naturally, but it also caused him to rise up spiritually and say, I'm going to take another mountain. I'm going to go where I need to go. I'm going to finish my course. I'm going to finish my journey. The hand of the Lord is still upon me. He's not done with me yet. I'm rising up, and I'm going to do What he's called me to do. Hallelujah. Woo! Give me some of that angel cake. Amen. He cooked him up a happy meal. You know he got happy about it too. Woo! He was happy to get up and to get out of that place of depression and despair and to go on with what God had called him to do. Hallelujah. I'm looking at a group of people tonight. We're calling this place full, but all of you that are here, you're here by divine appointment because God's saying that to this church. And he's saying it to you. It's time for us to arise and shine like never before. There are still quebrosa madindro Stop saying in your mind. Stop saying out of your voice, but I'm too old or I'm too poor or I'm too uneducated. Stop saying what you're not and begin to declare what you are and who you are in me. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and take a praise break. Lord, we thank you. We're going to receive that encouragement tonight. We're going to go in the strength of the Lord. We're going to go and we're going to do we're going to obey. We're going to hear. And we're going to obey. And we're going to hear and obey. And we're going to go all the way. We're going to run our race and we're going to finish our course. And we're going to finish it with joy and the strength of the Lord. Amen? Amen? Thank you, Lord, for your help. Thank you, Lord, for angelic encouragement, if that's what it takes. He'll do it for us. Amen. Now we want to look over in the New Testament, another couple of little little ciborita, a couple of other incidents here. Angels given guidance. Philip. Philip stood in the office of the evangelist. And he had just conducted this powerful citywide meeting in Samaria. And the Bible tells us there were many signs. And wonders that were wrought by his hand and there was such a tremendous move of God that the Word of God says the city was filled with joy when God shows up there's joy I'm looking forward to the day when people are driving by out here and joy just overtakes them and they just start laughing and rejoicing in their cars and they just turn right on in here and there's great joy in the city because they're hearing what God is doing. It's not about a man. It's about God. But when God shows up and shows out, there's always joy. There's tremendous real God joy when people get born again, when people get delivered, when bodies are healed and people are set free signs, wonders and miracles. So that was what was happening in this meeting. That Philip was conducting. And over here in Acts chapter 8. He just finished this meeting. And then he had an angelic visitation. In verse 26. Now the angel of the Lord spoke to Philip. And he said arise and go. Isn't that interesting? Another arise. And go. Toward the south. Along the road. Which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza, the desert. And we'll just capitalize this. Well, what the Lord was doing was he was sending him to minister to this Ethiopian man who was calling out. He had the Word of God, Scriptures in front of him, but he didn't understand them. And the Spirit of God sent Philip supernaturally. An angel came and told him where to go. Wherever there is a hungry heart, God hears their cry. And God will do whatever it takes to make sure that they hear the gospel. This, this Ethiopian eunuch was crying out. He was extremely hungry for God. He'd come all the way to Jerusalem to worship God, but he didn't know him. But God heard his cry and saw his heart. So Philip shows up right there, jumps into his chariot, explains the gospel to him, the man gets born again. And as he's told him about being born again, he must have also heard about being water baptized. So the Ethiopian, he sees this pool of water and he says to Philip, well, now that I'm born again, what's to prohibit me from being baptized? Now, I love this, verse 39. So they go down to the water and Philip baptizes him in verse 39. Now, when they came up, out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught Philip away, so that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. but he'd be I guess so, but where was where'd Philip go? all of a sudden, he's out there in a the desert, preaching the gospel to one man whose heart was hungry, crying out, and then verse forty. But Philip was found in a Zotos. And passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Syria. Awesome. You know what? I'm sure Caesarea he came to. Nonetheless, he was transported, and I'm sure when he got there, he might have heard another angel say, Thank you for flying Spirit Airways with us today. He had no idea how he got there either. <laughs> Translated, woo, brings a whole new meaning to "He'll bear you up on angels' wings." Oh, Glory to God! Amen. I've heard in this day and this age, you know, if we, if somebody on the other side of the world is crying out, and there's nobody over there to preach them the gospel, I've heard stories of people that have actually been praying and for someone on the other side of the world, and that person physically saw them show up in their room and they ministered to them and they never left their living room. God will translate. God will do whatever He needs to do wherever there are hungry hearts. And we don't know what happened with this Ethiopian man, but he was a man of influence. And you know that he went back with something to tell. You know he went back saying, I'm born again and I'm cooked up with the God who does mighty and wondrous things right before his eyes. He saw Philip disappear. Glory to God. Did you know that angels are still here to get involved today with people getting born again. When we ask the Lord to send forth labors into the harvest, when we ask the Lord that there would be someone to preach the gospel to our loved ones or to someone to minister to one of our family members that's in a backslidden condition, did you know that angels get involved in arranging divine connections. This was a divine connection here for this Ethiopian man. I'd say angels really got involved in this connection, but angels still get involved as we pray and ask the Lord to send forth anointed labors. I see it sometimes when I'm praying along that way. I'm not talking like a vision, but I just see it on the inside. It's like I see like a, a, a big checkerboard and I see this angelic hand moving this one here and moving that one there. No, we are not robots and we have a free will, but when people are open and they're responsive to the spirit of God, he'll pick them up And He'll put them over here in this spot because there's a person that needs to hear that you've been praying for. They're coming right there onto that bark train. And the Spirit of God will move them off of the bark train and He'll put them over on another bark train. I just see it sometimes, moving people around like checkers, divine appointments, glorious connections. And our prayers are what license those things to happen. The supernatural realm is so much more real than the natural we limit God and we limit ourselves if we think well you know I got to make this happen and I got to make sure that they meet that person and I got to make sure they're over here and they're over there you know God might lead you to, to call somebody and invite him here invite him there I'm not saying that but by large if our eyes were open we could see that this whole place has got angels encamped round about it. And as we read in 1 Peter, in uh, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for, for those who shall be heirs of salvation? And what do they minister? They hearken unto the voice of His Word spoken out of our mouth. Declare anointed labors are coming across the path of my loved ones. Anointed labors are going out into this vast harvest field here in the Bay Area. And as we were praying just this week, and uh, it was like I I just sensed in my heart that there were even, because I've been meditating on this so much, I guess on angels, but I could just sense that even like on Sunday mornings, a lot of people that are backslidden and they're not, you know, they're not even thinking about church. I just saw like these angels just going and like wake up, wake up, wake up. And they're just sitting straight up in bed and having this thought because they were touched by an angel, touched by a supernatural presence sitting up in bed and having this thought I'm going to go to church today. They're helping us. They're helping us. They help still meet the heart cry of this Ethiopian man. And they will help you. And they will help our relatives be touched and called into the kingdom of God. Amen. They are on assignment and they are helping us. Glory to God. They're authorized. We, our prayers authorize them to get involved in bringing in the lost. Now, one last thing that we want to touch on tonight. Angels also get involved in bringing healing and miracles. Now, we know that there's many methods that healing comes. Laying on of hands, just receiving the word of faith in our hearts confessing the Word, the gifts of the Spirit, many ways that healing can be ministered. But I am convinced, uh, particularly at the time that we are at, that angels are going to get involved like never before in assisting healing to come into manifestation. Now keep in mind what we said in the beginning. They're God's delivery men. They don't do the healing, but they bring it right from the throne of God. And I think that we do have an illustration of this happening in the Bible. You've heard and you remember the Pool of Bethesda, right? Over in John chapter 5, verse 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, and paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For the angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first... After the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. The angel. No one knew when it was going to happen. Don't know how often it happened. But the angel deposited healing into that pool. I'm thankful that we have a better covenant. Thank God that we don't have to wait for an angel to deposit healing in a pool jesus bore our sicknesses and our disease and we can receive our healing at any time release our faith amen but i truly believe that this bible account is in the word of god to show us this picture of angels delivering healing because they're still doing it today you may have heard some of these stories during the healing revival there was particularly one man that was mightily used during the healing revival and uh, people that uh, eyewitnesses that were in his meeting said he'd get up and he'd kind of stumble around and then he'd look around and he'd say oh you're here And he'd start ministering healing. Many people in his meetings saw this angel that would come and stand by him and help him as he ministered to people. Phenomenal things happened. There were so many people that got out of wheelchairs and, and crutches. They literally had to back up flat truck beds after these meetings and just throw all of the paraphernalia in there because people were being... So many were being healed. Recently... I heard this story, well, it wasn't, you know, the last few years that there was a minister. He was was ministering in this meeting. He looks over by the piano, and this angel is standing there with this heart in his hands. And he said to that minister, I've come to give someone a brand new heart. So the minister called it out. Is there anybody in here, you know, whose heart just isn't working and you need a brand new heart? And this, I believe it was a a man came down. He ministered to him. Of course, he went out under the power. He laid there for quite a while. When he got up, he testified to this fact. He said, it felt like very large hands going down into my chest. And it literally felt like they were taking my old heart out and putting a new heart in. He got up completely healed. He went to his doctor and scheduled for major heart surgery, went to the doctor, and it was confirmed. He had a brand new heart. Hallelujah! They're helping us. They're helping us, and they will help us in this day and in this hour. You've got time for one more story before we pray? This, uh, again, was a friend of ours. He was holding... A meeting somewhere out here in California, and uh, he was with this other minister. And this minister had a word of knowledge, and he said that there was a someone here who'd been in a really terrible automobile accident, and it had totally messed up your whole body. It's really left your skeletal structure just out of whack. You can barely walk. So he said, when he said that, where are you? Come down here. This woman began walking down to the aisle. And as she got up toward the front, before the minister could even pray for her, his eyes were opened and he saw this angel touching her. This woman fell over on the floor and lay under the power of God. And then this guy, he says, the only way I can describe what happened is that all of a sudden something took hold of her her uneven legs, and they began pushing them back and forth, up and down, back and forth. I watched the whole thing. It was a movement that a person could not do by themselves. I mean, this woman's whole body was rocking and moving and reeling. Look at that, the minister said. There's an angel holding her by her feet. He grabbed her by her feet, began to straighten them out and they heard this popping noise. They heard all of these things going on in her body. After a few minutes, the woman jumped up on her feet. Her legs were the same length. All of her pain was gone. She was completely healed. Glory to God. That makes me happy. Does that make you happy? Lord, do it again. God want his people free. God wants the lost born again. That's why he will go to great lengths to minister to one person. God wants his people well. He wants his people healed. He wants his people encouraged. I believe that we are coming into a healing wave that is so strong. So big that it's going to saturate the entire atmosphere. Pastor's been declaring restoration is in the air. And I'm adding to that healing, miracles, signs, and wonders are in the air. We have supernatural help. And we should be expecting God to show up and to show out. You're a mature group. Of course, we don't pray and ask angels to show up. But we can create the atmosphere and we can say, Lord, if they need to come and minister healing, if they need to come and minister to somebody that doesn't know you, whatever needs to happen, let it happen in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's all stand. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah.